1: His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. Luke chapter 3 verse 17. All right, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, it is time for yet another Legion of Michael podcast. Thank you very much for being with me. Truly appreciate it. Appreciate, as always, the support that you give us. And uh, if you have not taken advantage of the Legion of Michael Distance Learning Church Security Program, it's called Legion of Michael Defending the Faithful, and uh, you still can do that. You can enroll right now. Follow the link that is in the show notes. Yes, indeed, you can and should do that. And, of course, you can always click the hyperlink in the show, uh, the show notes and support us. Yes, you can show your support to and for us all the time. All right, his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather the wheat into his barns. But where is the chaff going to go? The chaff will be burned in unquenchable fire. The separating the wheat from the chaff. That is a, uh, a term that is not just biblical. Well, it started in the Bible, uh, and it came from the words of Christ. But uh, the world has picked up on that. And if you uh, look that, if you type in wheat from the chaff or separating the wheat from the chaff, you can get a Merriam-Webster definition. And it will explain to you what that means. Well, what it means for us is uh, separating the righteous from the unrighteous, the, you know, the pure from the evil, the good from the bad. And uh, when it comes to Legion of Michael, I was recently talking with an acquaintance uh, regarding new team members, or more specifically, how to determine if a potential new team member was serious or whether the members were serious. How do we know that that enthusiastic new member is genuinely interested in in becoming part of a team, or the team, or your team. And not just a member of the cool kids club. This is something that I mentioned in the book, uh, in the book Legion of Michael. How do we recruit members? How do we get new members for our church security team, our Legion of Michael church security team? Because, well, after, uh, or when the institution itself is accepted, Becomes accepted. Well, nat what will naturally happen is it will be viewed as the cool kids club, right? Initially, you're probably going to have a lot of pushback. There's probably going to be pushback initially, uh, or maybe it'll be vice versa. Maybe everybody will want to do it at first, and then nobody will, or whatever. But. When people approach you, and you obviously you want recruits, you want dedicated people. That's the name of the game. The name of the game is having people in there. But how do you know that they want to do it, well, because they want to serve? Do they desire to serve others, or are they concerned with themselves and their own ego first? This is the question that I had. This is a conversation that I had with an acquaintance recently. He was telling me about a younger person, not a young, I mean, young, young. Like, well, when you're my age, people in their 20s are young men. They're young people. It was a a person in their 20s and how they were, had, had, you know, approached him and they're like, I want to be part of the team. I want to be on the team. I'm like, yeah, I want to be on the team. Uh, And and a lot of folks, you know, they they view this idea of carrying the gun. I'm going to have the gun. I'm going to carry a gun. I'm going to be the cool guy. I'm gonna be the guy that's carrying a gun. And let's let's face it, that is historically, that's how institutions like law enforcement institutions and the military, that was that's how one of the methods that they use to recruit young people. And they've gotta recruit young people somehow. They've got to get them excited about, you know, going through the training and, and devoting their life to the craft. Or the service, or what have you. So, how do they get them in there? But as I mentioned before, and well, if you've read the book, I don't mean to be redundant, but I've I've mentioned in the book is a desire to carry the gun is not necessarily an indicator of a really good team member. And this is the, my advice was this to this gentleman I was talking to if you wanted to determine whether a new member or several new members or whatever, if you wanted to determine whether or not they were serious, then the very first thing that they should be required to do is go through the traumatic medical training course, the medical course. You know, guys come up to you and they're like, oh, man, I really want to, to be on the team. I want to be on the church security team, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I can shoot, man. I, I got it. This is my, I got this gun. They want to tell you all about their gun and stuff. Um, and and I got this holster and I got this ammo and I, I can shoot. I'm like, cool. That's cool. I'm glad that you can do that. And here's what you need to do. Before you can be part of the team, you need to go to the two-day, 16-hour traumatic medical training class. Now they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to Roger up. They're going to be like, yep, can't wait. And it's going to be great. Or they will immediately start telling you how and why they don't need to do that. Oh, I already, I already, I already took, I already got all that stuff. Oh, you did? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, um, when I was in the army, we did all that stuff. Well, cool. It should be easy for you then. Or, well, at my work. We have to do uh, uh, CPR in Heimlich uh, research every year. The, the lady comes from the Red Cross. She, the lady comes in at right and uh, and we do that. And uh, yeah, I, so I already did all that. I don't, I don't, I don't need that. Mm. You don't need that. No. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. You see, it occurred to me as I was thinking about this topic is that uh, one of the reasons why— schools, academies, universities like ours, why it's far more difficult to fill seats in a traumatical, traumatic medical training class, like a Beyond the Boo-Boo, versus a handgun class, a concealed carry class, an EDC class, whatever. It's way harder to get people into medical classes. And you say, well, that shouldn't make any sense because from a practical standpoint, you're far more likely. You're—I don't know the the percentage because uh, you can't figure that out. But you're far more likely to need the skill and abilities that you learn in a traumatic medical class than you will in the skill or abilities you learn in a concealed carry class or a pistol class or whatever. Uh, we've had dozens of of graduates. From our medical class, contact us, you know, and say, "Hey, I took your class, and you know this this happened. There was a car accident. There was an, a, an accident at work. You know, an accident on the farm at the ranch. This guy got hurt, and I used what you taught me, and I used the gear that I knew how to use to help save this lady, this guy, this dude's, whatever their their life. That happens far more often than." I had to use my pistol to shoot someone. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't carry a pistol because you're probably not going to need it. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the chances that you're going to need the medical training far outweigh the chances that you're going to need the shoot-shoot training, right? So why, if that is true, if that is a true statement that I just made, why is it so much harder to get people into medical classes than it is to get into shooting classes? I'll tell you why. Because the mentality is, with medical training, is that, and I've heard this from people like, oh, I just shot that guy. I'm not going to go over and put a Band-Aid on him, or I'm not going to go over and put bandages on him or tourniquets on him or whatever. I just shot him. Uh, We're not talking about that, but thanks for playing. The mentality is this. When you dedicate yourself or when you decide to go to a traumatic medical training class, you're mentally committing to the idea that you're preparing yourself to serve others. Yes, you may be called upon to use that medical uh, knowledge or skill or gear on yourself. We've, and we've had people do that. I've known lots of people who tourniqueted themselves or put bandages on themselves but the primary concern, especially people on the outside who don't have the training, their primary concern, I mean, think about, the, think about the Red Cross CPR and Heimlich maneuver, the Heimlich CPR certification card that everybody who works for a major corporation has to get once a year so that the corporation can get a, a discount on their insurance. Are you doing CPR on yourself? You're like, duh, no, I'm doing it on other people. Yeah. Uh, now, you can not Heimlich yourself with a chair, and they do teach you how to do that, but primarily they're teaching you how to do it to other people. And so the mentality with medical training has to be a preparation or a desire to prepare yourself to serve others. However, conversely, with tactical or shooting endeavors, Tactical and shooting endeavors lend themselves more towards individual or personal ego gratification than does traumatic medical training. You see, when people volunteer to take traumatic medical training, they're doing so generally because they believe or they're thinking about other people. They're thinking, I might have to use this to save my spouse, my children, my parents, you know, my coworkers, whatever. In the, in, in the military, uh, whether it's Army or Marine Corps or whatever, we started teaching C because it was a way for, it was called buddy care. And that's, you know, self-care, buddy care, professional care. We were teaching 18- and 19-year-old kids how to keep their buddies alive on the battlefield while they're waiting for the professionals to get to them. See, that's service. That's teamwork. You see, part of being a team, a member of a team, is having the mental ability to park your personal desires and your personal ego, your own ego gratification, and consider, well, consider the feelings or the desires or the needs of other people. That's what it means to be a team. And that's why if you say to a new person who comes up and they they like, yeah, I want to be on the team, man. I want to be on the team. And you say, all right, fantastic. The first thing you need to do is is you need to go to this dramatic medical training class this Saturday and Sunday, eight hours a day, blah, blah, blah. And if, if the first thing they do is tell you, is start telling you why they can't do that or why they shouldn't do that or why they don't need to do that, if they tell you, I don't need that because I've already done all of that and I'm great at it, then you then you could say, great, you'll be the insistent instructor. The instructor always needs an assistant. And they're like, oh, but uh, I don't need it and I'm not going to go. If they cannot participate or are unwilling to participate in the medical training portion, that tells you immediately that they don't desire to be a part of a team. They don't have the desire to put the needs of others ahead of their own what they want is they want to be on the team so they can be part of the cool guys they can be cool or they can be large and in charge you know some people want to be on the security team because they think that gives them the authority to tell other people what to do that's not the kind of people you want on your team so i hope that uh, and i hope that helped you that is by separating the wheat from the chaff the righteous from the unrighteous the just from the unjust the people who are truly dedicated or who want to be dedicated uh, to being a member of a team and serving others versus those who just want to be part of the Cool Kids Club for their own personal ego gratification. All right, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, it comes to that point in the the show uh, where we engage in the warrior's prayer, will you please join with me? Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and the skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.